Matthew chapter 6 is our scripture, page 1504 in the Bench Bibles. We'll read only the verses 9 through 13. Matthew 6, beginning at verse 9. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then your kingdom come, and then in verse 10, our text, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. These are the very words of God. It was the early 1980s. I was doing doctor of ministry work at the time. The last part of the doctoral work was writing a dissertation, which I did on church education, but since the degree was doctor of ministry, a practical degree, I also was required to write a church school manual that we called a catechism manual in those days. I did it. I went to my 12th grade catechism class, it was quite large back then, told them what I had to do, gave them a piece of paper with a number of suggested lessons. I was going to make lessons that were relevant to them, and blanks where they could add subjects, and said to them, what would you like lessons on? I want to hear you. Well, they all filled it in. They ranked the top four. And when I got the responses back, I was a little surprised. I expected they would say we'd like lessons on, say, um, family, marriage, sex, and that sort of thing. But number one was on how to find God's will for my life. Well, I wanted to hear them more, so I went back the next week and said, now, uh, talk to me about why you put number one, how to find God's will for my life. And the answers came down to things like, uh, do I join this church? That's about religion. How do I find the right person to marry? How do I find the right job to do? They were sincere and they were asking good questions. I said, well, thank you for sharing. Next week we're going to have a lesson on this subject before we even begin working on the doctoral manual. So I went back to them the next week. I took the subject of God's will complex subject, and divided it into four areas. And we had a great class that time. The four areas were God's will of decree. Your will be done has to do with God's divine decrees. And do don't, have a little alliteration here, God's will has to do with his commandments. And 
disposition. Uh, God's attitude. The Lord is not willing any should perish. And then direction, which was their biggest concern. And I've used that fourfold division of the will of God ever since, and I still don't want to change it. So we're going to talk about your will be done, and if I can <laughs> not get too complex with the first three, decree, do, don't, and disposition, we'll spend half the sermon on direction. How do we find God's direction for our life? So, your will be done. Four simple practical applications here. The first is when we pray, your will be done, we are acknowledging that God has a will of decree. Now, I say acknowledging because you don't have to pray that God's decrees will happen. More concerned with clarification here than anything else. You need not pray your decree be done, and we need not pray your will of decree be done. God is God, we're not. And we cannot change God's will of decree by prayer or anything else. That's just a simple fact. Now, there are various verses in the Bible that refer to God's will of decree. One of them, Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may follow all the words of his law, which we'll get to very shortly. But again, a repetition and reminder. God is God. Father knows best. God has said about some things, whatever will be, will be. We can't change it. We don't want to. The classic example probably is Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. God had decreed a salvation plan. Jesus was central to it. His death and resurrection were at the center of the center of it. And when Jesus felt the angst and anxiety and pressure after all, he knew what was coming in the Garden of Gethsemane. He went and prayed three times. If possible, oh God, let this cup be removed from me. The cup of God's wrath, the cup of suffering, all that he had to go through, the bearing of the sin of all sinners for all of human history, the agonizing weight of all that God's anger could press upon him all that the devil could bring against him, everything on that cross. The weight of the cruelest form of punishment and death they knew at that time. If possible, let this cup be removed from me. And God's answer was no, and Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. That's God's will of decree. Now, enough said about that. As Deuteronomy 29, 29 indicated, in addition to God's secret will, the things that belong to God, there is God's revealed will, his law. When we pray, your will be done, we are praying that God's 
will of do and don't in his law be done in our lives? That's rather important. Many texts, of course, imply that God's will is that of do and don't. Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, you shall and you shall not. Psalm 97, 10 to 12, let those who love the Lord hate evil and many other texts. Now, how do we pray your will be done in the sense of help me God, do what you want me to do and not do what you don't want me to do. A few suggestions here. First, we have to know those Ten Commandments. I grieve at the ignorance of the Ten Commandments since our Supreme Court outlawed them in the public school. A grace of God can work just through knowing those commandments. I praise God that you know the commandments, hearing them regularly in church, and knowing how to live them. Now we must also understand that God's commandments are covenant commandments. Exodus 20, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. That's deliverance or salvation from Egypt. God's greater deliverance or salvation comes through Christ. Therefore, we do not live lives consistent with the Ten Commandments to save ourselves. Again, so many in our nation, and I'm sure all over the world, who err in that they don't know the commandments, also err in that they think that by keeping the commandments they don't know. Don't ask me what sense that makes, but people after people who don't know the commandments think they keep them, they're good people, and go into heaven. See? Sometimes they reduce the commandments to their opinion about what's good, or sincerity, but they, 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 they don't know. They're ignorant. What they should know is that the Reformed have it right with sin, salvation, and service. Commandments are teachers of sin so that we seek our salvation not from keeping commandments but in Jesus Christ our Lord and then as sinners saved we're called to be saints and we live saintly lives by, by living as consistently as we can in light of God's commandments the commandments are no longer laborious it's not a case of anymore oops I failed I'm going to hell it's a case of I have the privilege and honor of living as consistently as I can with God's commandments guiding my life. Your will be done through your do's and don'ts. Let me put that in four simple statements and then we'll move on. First, we must know God's law. Second, we must 
understand God's law as covenant law in which our saving God gives us the privilege of being his saints, living consistent with his moral law. Third, we must, when God says don't, say in our lives, I won't, God helping me. And fourth, we must, when God says do, say in our lives, I will, God helping me. Now, we're through with two of the four distinctions. Your will be done, God. Praise you, it will be done when it comes to your secret will. Help me to live consistently with your revealed will, your commandments, helping me to do so as a saint saved from sin. Now, the third sense in which the Bible speaks of the will of God, to me it's beautiful, but also can be confusing. And that is God's will as God's disposition. Here's the text that's central in the subject of God's will of disposition. It's 2 Peter 3, verses 8 through 9. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. Wanting, see, anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance. <laughs> now, sometimes people, especially Reformed Christians, scratch their head and say, well, well, wait a minute. How am I to understand this? Does God really will everyone to come to repentance? Is that what Peter is saying? What Peter is saying is that God is a God of attributes or characteristics. And one of God's attributes or characteristics is highlighted by Peter, namely, God does not want people to perish. Now, if we were going to go into theological depth, God did not want Adam and Eve to perish. After Adam and Eve sinned, things become theologically deeper. I don't think it'll help to delve into the depth. But I do want you to feel God's will of disposition. There are people out there whose view of God is not a view of God with a positive disposition. Ancient fatalists and determinists who believed the fates determined everything believe the fates, and their process of determination was impersonal and uncaring. Sadly, the Islamic god of Inshallah, maybe you've heard that, uh, the Lord willing, is that of a god who simply says whatever will be will be without any feeling or compassion 
when he says that. And of course, those who think that all happens by atheistic evolution through the process of uh, evolving, again have an impersonal force doing all that's done. The Bible speaks of our God as a God who cares. So now you've got three things about the will of God. By the way, the word will is one of the most complex in the English language. That's our biggest problem with this petition. Like, I will, future tense. We got an email yesterday. Will caught a big fish, a name of a nephew. Last will and testament, on and on. See, and you're so good in English, you right away read the context with that word will. But that's where the confusion comes, the word. But anyway, we have a God who has then a secret will, Father knows best. A revealed will, do and don't, and a God who is not arbitrary or uncaring, but a God who is not willing that anyone should perish. I want you to feel that loving God, too. In fact, let me go back just a minute, if I can, here, and read one thing about the secret will of God. Someone has written, and very wisely so, uh, I guess I'm not going to be able to find it. I can't read it if I can't find it here. Um, let me tell you about something else instead. A man in one of my churches about 30 years ago found out he was dying. I visited him. He had only a few weeks to live. He was dealing with a severe family problem, a son who was into very bad behavior when he found out he was dying. And as we visited, he said to me, I have a song that has become my favorite. I'd like it sung at my funeral. I hadn't heard of it before. The name of the song is Further Along. And the refrain reads this way. Further along, we'll know more about it. Further along, we'll understand why. Cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine. We'll understand it all by and by. That was his faith and his testimony in the last weeks of his life. Now, there's a fourth sense in which there is a will of God that interests us, of course, and that fourth sense is that we would love to know what the will of God is for us, especially in big and important decisions, such as religion, marriage, job, and others. Discernment is needed. Some people seeking discernment do things that probably are not wise at all. For example, they examine lizard entrails, snake skins, bones of owls, Ouija boards, newspaper horoscopes, 
and go to fortune tellers at circuses and fairs. You, of course, know better than to find God's will those ways. Other people, sadly, usually Christians, identify self-will with Holy Spirit insight into God's will in such ways as they imagine they have a hotline to heaven. God said to me, I said, God said, I said. And they usually try through claiming to know the will of God to manipulate or abuse others. I've had them in my churches. The biggest abuser I've ever had was telling me all of the time what God told him to tell me to do. And all I could reply was, if God told you what I'm supposed to do, you tell God to tell me too, so that I know directly from God. See, but there are those kind of people out there, sadly. The question is, how do we find God's will for us, in particular, for our future? This subject is extremely complex in this. Some of the ways that hardly seem ideal, <laughs> you find even people in the Bible who found God's next step for their life that way. I'll give you one example. The great St. Augustine, one of the greatest intellects in Christian history, lived around the year 400. Augustine was involved in multiple bad sins from youth till about age 30. And then one time, at about age 30, when he had realized all of his sinful philosophies and actions needed to be corrected, he was sitting in a garden area in Italy, and outside of the garden area, he heard some boys playing, and one of them said, Tola lega, take and read in the Latin language. Augustine had a Bible handy. He opened his Bible. The Bible fell open to Romans 12. And he found a couple verses in it that his eyes gravitated toward. And that became his conversion text. Don't continue in lasciviousness and things like that, but rather godliness. Now, I can't recommend that kind of procedure called Bible dipping, but God uses his own ways. And what I would like to do, I guess, is give you a little bit of a list of things that just seem to me not the best way to find God's will of direction for your life. Bible dipping is one. Another is default or doing nothing. That is, not praying your will be done with my decisions in future. Another is disobedience in some areas of our life and expecting God to reveal his will clearly in other areas. Another is dreams and visions, so you probably all know that God used Joseph, Daniel, and others through their dreams. Another is our feelings. Our personal feelings aren't always God's will for our life. Another one is fleeces, throwing out fleeces like 
Gideon did, and God honored the fleece of all things. Another one is drawing lots or flipping coins, which might be fine for ball games, but not the best way to find God's will for our lives. Having said that much, you understand why the subject is complex. We're talking about how to pray, your will be done, when the focus is on God's direction. Might say that the Holy Spirit, of course, is active, involved in the process, even though we won't discuss him much today. The texts I'll call your attention to are also kind of complex in that when we look into the book of Acts, we find texts like these, Acts 20, 22 to 23, where we read, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Acts 21, 10 through 11. After we had been there a number of days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, The Holy Spirit says, In this way the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt, and will hand him over to the Gentiles. And Acts 20, 23, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns that prison and hardships are facing me. I need not say again, we're dealing when we pray, your will be done, seeking God's direction, with a very complex thing. I want to be both biblical and practical. And I will suggest four things to keep in mind as you pray, your will be done in directing my life. The first of those four is pray your will be done And please, God, though I don't ask you to change your secret will, and though I will live as consistent as I can with your do and don't, and knowing that your disposition toward me is positive, show me what your will is for this step in my life that's important. The second is, we are wise after praying to God, your will be done, to consider what we want to do, what we feel called to do, what we can do, and what we have opportunity to do, especially in light of next steps and open doors. If you feel a want to do it, God may be calling you to do that, but not necessarily so. If you can do something well, 
God may be calling you to do it, even if not necessarily so. If you feel the call of God in your life to go in a certain direction, that may be the call of God. Use your sanctified common sense in trying to see what direction to go. So that second, consider us. The first was pray to God, consider us. The third is we will be wise to get insights from experts. Consult with people who know about what you might think God is calling you to do. And don't skip this step. They have experience and wisdom, and you want wisdom. So go to experienced people for wisdom. That's wise. And then fourth, one step at a time, and through any doors God opens. Sometimes we live in confusion when we pray your will be done. But there's always one next step we can take. Take that step. And there is a promise, it's 1 Corinthians 13, that God will open doors. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you're tempted, he'll provide a way out so you can endure it. You've just heard the best I could do with those young people on the will of God, and especially the hardest and biggest question they had, God's will for their future. Since the early 1980s, we have got GPSs, or Global, global Positioning Systems. We have them in our cars and other places. A global positioning system receives signals from satellites in the sky and can give directions for anywhere on Earth where to go. We use our GPSs and act on them with a high degree of confidence that a GPS system will give us good guidance for the cities and roadways of life. Pray your will be done to the God in heaven who's better than the satellites the GPS systems uses. And when you pray your will be done to the God of heaven that God makes plain he has his revealed do's and don'ts. Go by those roads. And he makes plain that his disposition toward you is caring. And he will be helpful through such processes as much prayer, your will be done, your wishes, expert advice, 
and next steps and open doors. Let's pray. God in heaven, what a marvelous prayer. And also what deep petitions, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. But also in those deep petitions, what good advice and how important that we pray them. We will, O oh God. Amen.